fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere, and so we are thrilled to start off with season one, which will focus on Freemasonry and its roots in India, one state at a time. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lords or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non masons alike Hey guys, before I begin today's topic, I want to let you know a little something about Hub Hopper Studio. You know, this podcast is hosted on Hub Hopper Studio. That is H U B H O P P E R studio.com. It is India's leading hosting and distribution platform for many podcasts. The platform is absolutely free and it helps me reach out to the right Indian audience. by not only getting it on audio streaming platforms such as Spotify and Google Podcasts but even on Indian platforms such as Gana, Wink Music and many more. Hello and welcome folks to episode 7 of The Ashlers. In this episode it's going to be a little special because we are going to be covering not one but two states of northern India. UP or Uttar Pradesh and Bihar now why are we covering these two states and why two states for that matter well look at it this way in the past episodes if you have been hearing you will realize that you know freemasonry in india began in the state of bengal from there it only made sense for one branch to traverse the coast go all the way down the kurumandal coast you know uh end up in tamil nadu then we covered maharashtra and we'll be covering more states but you know by and large seeing the chronology that's how the uh, spread of mason uh, freemasonry went but there was a second branch that also spread further inland away from the oceans now the coast the coastal branch makes sense because the entry and exit point were the ports and in those days ports pretty much were like the airports so to speak but then again for all reasons and purposes the british spread and we all know our indian history right um so they spread over to the fertile lands trying to uh you know have the nobility on their side by any way possible and also take advantage of the crops that our country was able to produce and that is where bihar and up come into our episode in this time now with that being said before i head on into it i would first like to give a small little shout out to the brethren of lucknow um with whom i interacted there were a few brethren from alabad kanpur with whom i interacted and i was able to actually even attend 
लॉर्ड्स मीटिंग वर्चुअली एंड इट्स वन ऑफ द ओल्डेस्ट लॉर्जेस्ट इन इंडिया आई थिंक इफ एम नॉट रॉन्ग इट हैज कम्पलीटेड हंड्रेड एंड सेवेंटी फाइव ईयर्स इन आर कंट्री एंड इट्स नंबर इज सेवन दे आर अंडर ग्रैंड लॉज ऑफ इंडिया एज ऑफ नाउ आई विल लाइक टू कॉल आउट द ब्रदर इन बाई नेम टूवर्ड्स एंड ऑफ दिस एपिसोड so stay tuned for that and brethren before i begin thank you so much for helping us out with some information and now on with the show prinesh please take it forward hey shesh sure, sure. thank you uh up uttar pradesh the northwest frontier no northwest province is i think is what the british used to call it i was very curious to understand why the british actually took the uh, the north route rather than trying to take the uh the inland route or something and as you clearly mentioned right it is the crops it's it's ganga it's actually because of the the, the river itself if we have learned from our is- history we would realize that every time the greatest civilizations like the biggest civilizations actually used to thrive and develop along the plains of a river and ganga had always been like that so much so that we have known about various empires various rulers various uh, feudal lords who actually have made their capital somewhere near these places because when where there is water there is prosperity there is growth you are able to manage the place you are able to grow crops you are able to feed the population everything and uh, brethren i think this is one of the reason and listeners this is one of the reason why we need to take care of our natural resources and ganga being one of those purest the, the the water which actually gives life to that area and i think the british also understood something similar to this wherein obviously they wanted trade they wanted to uh, expand their uh, uh, region and the british east india company was actually obviously interacting with most of the rulers over there but they also wanted to eat they also wanted to expand uh, their uh, population coming here working and everything and that's when this whole plain the the uttar pradesh and bihar area which the current uttar pradesh and bihar area which we know of is where the british actually spread across if we see from a masonic perspective what i was trying to understand was where did the lodges actually came into place and i realized that some of the oldest lodges right obviously when we were talking about in a previous episode we spoke about bengal and then obviously we moved on to the coromandel coast to madras and everything but it was actually this area the area of uttar pradesh and bihar is where the freemasonry actually spread inland and not towards the coast see the coast was always used for trading purposes but what is it that they got in the inland that is what shishir and i have been to- i told like re- now right now to you that what exactly were we getting in this fertile regions and that's where it happened so much so that uh, apparently there was a lodge named as a third lodge of india which was consecrated in bihar the current bihar back in 1768 it's really really old and obviously the second oldest lodges apparently also were also in uh, it was in uttar pradesh actually the current lodges list when we were actually taking a look at uh, i will go with what we found in the grand lodge of india's website so we have a lodge named as independence with philanthropy they are number 2 this was consecrated back in 1825 then we have hope number 4 back in 1833 morning star lucky me lucky shishir we both actually were able to attend one of their virtual lodge meetings wherein we all came together and we were speaking about the good old times of uh, how they were managing the lodge meetings when they used to meet and everything amazing experience really really enjoyed that whole uh, uh, 
the whole talk about all those olden times the whole talk about what we are thinking about the future the seniors were so so happy to actually listen to us amazing so shout out to morning star number son uh, sorry number 7 consecrated back in 1848 we even have a lodge named as ayodhya on sarju listeners think about it the name itself is so so amazing like you are trying to connect with the people you are trying to connect with the local community over there some of the old uh, lodges which are part of the english constituency uh, there was a lodge called ninth lodge of bengal uh, i know it is we are talking about uttar pradesh but obviously during that time this all area were taken care by the british east india company in some shape or form they used to use the same name or the same style of name so consecrated back in 1793 in alabad lodge sincerity again in alabad 552 lodge of integrity in lucknow again 1846 we have a scottish lodge still in existence in merat called as caledonia number no. 661 consecrated back in 1881 when we talk about these lodges when when we talk about these uh, uh, the era it kind of showcases why these people actually went all over there and that's when you try to match it with the history of that region what is it that they got in this area what is it that they found in this place that they were able to bring into all these things and i'm pretty sure brethren or listeners who are listening to us right now they if they go and try to understand the history of your own place you will find out there is a lot of connect uh, as a matter of fact i was actually going through some websites on understanding the british presence in uh, uh, in the in the state of up came to know that uh, that the, in alabad where alabad is obviously very famous we all know about that but alabad was also famous for one very important fact back in 1858 the proclamation the most famous proclamation in our country where queen victoria proclaimed that she is ending the rule of british east india company and that was because of her first war of indian independence in 1857 was proclaimed from alabad that place where lord charles canning who was by the way the cousin of queen victoria and who was also the governor general at that time he was in alabad and he proclaimed it over there that place is has a proclamation pillar and it is if i'm not wrong a place called mintu park uh please correct me if i'm wrong i might be uh, messing up with some words here and there and i'm pretty sure there uh, oh, by the way there is a cemetery british cemetery nearby where uh, most of the british uh, british soldiers and some of the brothers are actually been laid to rest and i'm pretty sure if i ever get the opportunity to visit that place i might actually find masonic symbols there because we know that because of all these lodges which are there in that place which were there in that place at that time they would have definitely been buried there when they passed away and obviously because of their affiliation with freemasonry they would have done that but this is where shishir i want to bring this to your point maybe uh, this is where there is a small disconnect in the way i'm seeing lodges in up and the lodges in bihar maybe there was a social disconnect because of which we find a lot of lodges in actually up and most of these places is where the british presence are but in bihar i actually found it very less as a matter of fact the existing lodges in bihar are there in patna and jamshedpur jamshedpur by the way obviously we all know because of the tatas and the lodge over there is actually called a tata lodge uh, patna has a lodge uh, named after buddha obviously uh, in the olden era samastipur and danapur are the two old places in uh, bihar where lodges used to be there but now obviously it is not there and uh, 
I might be wrong, but I think that disconnect, the whole, uh, the di- the distances between Freemasonry and the people who are living there, might be because of our Indian independence. We kind of obviously did not like the way things were being handled. We did not like the way that things we were being ruled in that manner, and that might be the reason why I feel there was a disconnect between what Freemasonry is and how people are. What do you think, Shishir? I can add one more thing to it, and again, I'm just speculating here. uh you see if you think about lucknow the second thing that will come to your mind is the nawabi culture of lucknow now why is that uh-huh. obviously there were nawabs the nobility right and i alluded to this nobility bit in the very beginning of this episode as well so obviously you need some sort of uh what to say a, a power structure which already existed in up back then the yes. presence of moguls so it makes more sense for the britishers to head over to the seat of power and try to sort of unsettle that and then take control of that and that's one thing second thing what i'm again speculating here is the population up you know it's, it's a pretty big state and um, makes sense for the population to also be there where there is nobility obviously the population also will be there because the nobility will ensure that people work for the kingdom and in return the people get some sort of a welfare so architecture and what not right so true that's one of the reasons that i can think of and again alabad you were very rightly said right there is the uh, holy river ganga which is sacred mm. to so many of you know people of a country and it makes sense for people to be around that you know and right. again historically for civilizations to thrive around a water channel and when you have a water channel which is also held at a very sacred you know pedestal it makes more sense for people to be around that even more so mm-hmm. i think that's one of the things um let me bring up the thing about the lodges uh now what i got while you know interacting with the brother in there i'll name a few lodges so lodge morning star uh, i think we spoke about this it is number 7 but it was consecrated in 1848 under the english constitution and under that it was number 552 why wow. it became number 7 is because it came under gli and it was the first of the seven lodges that joined so that's why number 7 that tells you you know how forthcoming this lodge was uh, <laughs> then we have um lord's independence number 33 which was initially a scottish lodge and mm. then we have lodge bharat jyoti number 144 this lodge started out under grand lodge of india itself and then we have lodge ancient landmark number 130 by the way all these lodges are in lucknow mm. and uh, one fun fact um, i remember this name annie besant from mm. you know my history classes back in school she actually started a lodge for women in banaras but somehow it failed to take off so that never materialized but at least we know that she tried <laughs> and yes, yes. Um, then there are lodges all over up i'll just call out the names okay so we have lodges in lucknow agra alahabad aligarh meerut azamgarh bareilly devoria ghaziabad gorakhpur jhansi kanpur Mathura, Meerut, Moradabad, Noida, Pratapgarh, 
Rohila, Saharanpur and Varanasi. That is, these are the ones I could find in UP. Uh, did you find any in Bihar, uh, Rinesh? Um, as I said, right, I only found two of them. One was uh, Patna and the other in Jamshedpur. And as as you mentioned, right, I and this is obviously our speculations. And listeners, if you find a better reason and you have another reason, please do share it with us. I somehow feel that the divide was because of the common folks not liking the fact on how the British were ruling us, on how the things were actually happening. And obviously, they did not want it to get associated with what, what was considered as a British uh, uh, group rather than doing anything else. But as uh, Shishir mentioned, right, the Nawabs obviously had a different approach. They really wanted that whole... Uh, the, the 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 feeling of being a part of a special club or a feeling of something or some stuff and everything maybe that is, could be the reason there could be many just, reasons and again like you know we are just thinking through things because even when we try and search online to be honest we're not getting too much information but based on what we have seen i think these are some of the conclusions we are drawing but of course if there are any brethren out there in lucknow and up or if there are any of our listeners who might be able to mm. give us all more insights we are all ears <laughs> with open mm. arms we would be uh, you know welcoming your inputs and corrections and we would love to bring it up in our next episode so yeah there's always room for improvement and we completely recognize that that's true that's true as a matter of fact uh, shishir if you remember right when we were doing the episode on uh, tamil nadu i was i had actually pointed out the book which helped me in understanding uh, by the way listeners that book is still available uh, we had already published our uh, the link to get that book so that in case if you want to read about freemasonry in south of india you can actually approach that but shishir this is what gives me an idea shouldn't brethren from their respective place should think about pooling together their resources uh maybe it needs it doesn't need to be a scholarly work it needs to be something which brings all these information together in one place and that would be maybe a book maybe a website where you can collect and collate all that information and put it over there which will expand on the history of that era expand on the history of how freemasonry spread over there see our approach is a very humble approach in which in which we are trying to speak with brethren and i'm pretty sure that if a brother from that region actually works out along with us or maybe along with their own group whichever way they want to they can actually get more information they will be able to speak with brethren whom we were not able to approach and they might be able to come up with an amazing book or an amazing article which will encompass all these things and that is something which i feel our future generation our masons who are actually interested in knowing about where did we come from would love to connect with yep completely agree and that is again the whole point of doing this kind of thing that we present the right information to you know the masses so that you don't have to comb through a lot of misinformation and then draw up uh, you know exactly. conclusions uh, because to be very honest before joining freemasonry i literally researched masonry for 10 years and for a good part of it i believed that this is the most evil organization ever until you know <laughs> i i started realizing that i am only seeing the negatives there has to be something positive so i you know started to look for just the positive things because life is a coin there are positives there are negatives and then there are gray areas in between so this is our attempt to ensure that the right information is out there and at least you don't struggle like how we struggled <laughs> exactly and as you mentioned right there is always a good and a bad to it uh 
I I would obviously like to point it out to everybody. The bad is not exactly the organization per se. The bad or the things which we might not agree or understand might be because of the people who are working on that one. And that happens with everything. That actually unfortunately gives the bad name to anything which we know about. But that is where the people who want who want to do good things, right, should step up and encamp show that thing like encapsulate all of these information which is really interesting which is really exciting and inform that to the brethren inform that to the crowd that this is what it actually is okay anyway just coming up to the bits and pieces of who's who uh we had already informed about the first grand master of our grand lodge of india uh we did not inform that most worshipful brother major general dr sir sayed raza ali khan the first grand master of our grand lodge of india back in 1961 when he was uh, appointed for this was from rampur a princely state in uttar pradesh so here you go uttar pradesh actually got the best of the best second thing pandit motilal nehru was also a freemason who again was born in uttar pradesh now there you have it folks people <laughs> from up making headlines yes. all right so um I think that covers pretty much a lot of what we had uh, Ranesh is there anything else that we are missing anything as you want uh, to tell you about what freemasonry is where freemasonry is so that in case if you have any questions if you have any doubts please reach out to us if we will not be the right if we are not the right person to answer we will definitely find the right person who can answer you uh by the way just to bring one most important point again I think we had spoken about this in one of our previous episodes about Munshi Premchand ji where uh, that idga story and everything I am pretty sure and knowing that Munshi Premchand actually was born in this uh, region I am pretty sure that idga and the masonic hall which is actually mentioned in idga must be from Uttar Pradesh What do you think Shishir It's it's possible it's possible because <laughs> in in uh, during my childhood uh, i remember some places being called as uh, jadu ka ghar or even uh. bhut bangla <laughs> which uh, which is what I all find, we are known as <laughs> i know man seriously and and uh, i i do remember that uh, these are the names given to that because generally people would be like you know don't go there you don't know what's happening uh some you know ghost will come on you and all those kind of crap they used to tell now obviously i can say it's crap because i know it is <laughs> but yes, yeah yes, whatever yes. <laughs> so yeah exactly exactly um, all said and done i would like to give a you know a little more time to the brother who helped me out with his research um and i mentioned that i was you know part of a virtual ceremony uh, of lord's morning star which is in lucknow now uh i want to thank brother worshipful brother dr ashwini kumar he is a director of ceremonies of lord's morning star number no. 7 and from the same lodge i would like to thank worshipful brother iqbal and kidwai he is a worshipful master of the lodge and worshipful brother zaidi he is the lodge secretary so if anyone in lucknow would be interested to join masonry feel free to reach out to these brethren i'm sure they will help you uh, they helped me very nicely and when i joined the lodge you know i felt so welcomed it was so nice and uh, yeah i think that's pretty much it from my side i think shishir shishir just to add one more point i yeah. think we have some listeners who would be wondering what is this worshipful brother and uh, 
the worshipful master concept uh, please stay tuned we will cover this in one of our future episodes wherein we will try to explain what does these words actually mean but yes. till then stay tuned yep so uh, just to reiterate one other thing and we have you know obviously touched upon this in our previous episodes you are actually listening to the series of um, season 1 wherein we are covering the spread of freemasonry across all the states of india so in this series we will focus more on that aspect of things however there are certain things that we will be touching upon in our season 2 and that is where you know these kind of titles that what does a worshipful brother mean like why is this person so worshipful and all that you know we will be covering these are very serious titles and one important thing is that these are mainly titles that is given to a certain person that does not put the person at a very high five pedestal or anything it actually means that this person is having some added responsibility which he is expected to execute with full dedication and honor and i think that is what masonry comes down to we are all brothers we are all on the level some of us are given added responsibilities because someone needs to run the show right you can't just be a directionless crowd so just as a hint that is what these titles in essence actually mean cool so uh, rinesh any closing remarks from your side well uh, we are all open for uh, suggestions comments everything please do reach out to us as we as you should mention right if you come to know or if you want to know about something more about freemasonry please do reach out to us if you want to know where freemasonry is there in uttar pradesh and bihar and maybe in some other states or whatever whenever we are going to cover them please do reach out to us we should be able to give you that information we will give as much information as possible which can actually help you in making the right decision which will help you in making or think about whether it is the right thing or not and from there we you can take it forward it's all up to you great so with that folks we wish you all all the very best in life stay tuned to our next episode and uh, so rinesh next one we are going towards himachal pradesh and uttarakhand that's Why? right why we are going let's, there well we'll, we'll come to it <laughs> I, exactly exactly let's let's not uh, give all that information right now but we will definitely come to that i'll give a hint though so okay um, I'll, i'll give a hint and it will be interesting so guys think about seasonal change and think about the kind of climatic conditions the britishers were coming from so that's a hint if you can guess let us know our social media links are uh, you know in the description um, i will also put out stories on instagram and facebook and i will ask this question there feel free to answer that it would be exciting to see what you guys think with that goodbye and best wishes thank you bye well that just about wraps it up folks we sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of freemasonry and what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the gentle craft if you have any queries about what we shared on this episode or generally on this podcast or even about freemasonry please check out the show notes for links to the grand lords of india's website or feel free to write us an email Please do look forward to the next episode.